you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Bill Recording Podcast, episode 120. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? This is a good one. I, this is going to be one of my, my faves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had a cancellation. Uh, I think a, an illness in the band or something came up. We got a cancellation yesterday. So I talked to Neil and said, well, let's just get Brent and Lee in here. Brent West and Lee Donahue. Welcome, guys. Glad to be back. Yeah. Thanks, Lee's yeah. a first-timer, man. Yeah. That's right. First He's time on, first anyway. Timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time on, for sure. And Brent's an old-timer. Man. Oh, yeah. He's been in... <laughs> he's not only been on, but he's been in the room. I've, y'all have set in on a bunch. I love coming up here. <laughs> what episode was, was uh, your episode? Uh, I know it was early. Yeah, was it, it was nine, early. nine, maybe? Was it? Ep- oh, wow. Oh, season one, dude. It was, and, yeah. And this is episode 120. That's crazy. That is. Dang. It's hard to believe. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, Neil, what'd you bring us? All right, dude. I wasn't playing games today. We went old, dude. And we've we've had this before. We've made the mistake of uh, we haven't had this one. Not this one. We've had we, an orphan barrel. We've had an orphan barrel before, so we've got fable and folly. Fable and folly. How many years does that say it's aged? Fourteen. Fourteen year. And I age. think that's like perfect. All right, let's see if it's you know because the the orphan barrel we had was twenty year. Sometimes it was really good, but what was the name of it? I've already forgot. I don't know, man. It had a fox on it, also, I think. Uh huh. But cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers guys. Drinky, drinky. Thank drinky. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. Smooth operator. That's smooth. Wow. That is smooth, dude. Wow. What's the proof on it? 6,000. It is not. It's, it's 90 proof. Oh, is it? Yep. God, I feel like I have two. So, so orphan so barrel bourbon. This this orphan barrel is actually seventy five percent fourteen to sixteen year old, and twenty five percent everything else that they've released before that we had left over in orphan barrel. So the orphan barrel you drank previously is probably in here in some small percentage. No kidding. So there's everything from twenty to twenty five year old mixed in in that last twenty five percent. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So I was gonna read the side here. Orphan Barrel Whiskey Distilling Company, we proud ourselves in rescuing lost barrels of rare and delicious whiskey hidden away and long forgotten in the back of Rick Houses. All right. So I guess, <laughs> I guess you buy a Rick House and say, oops, somebody left some bourbon in well, here. Well, look at there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sell it. So yeah, that uh, 
What was that called? Barter House. Barter House. We had Barter House Orphan Barrel. You ever heard of that? Barter House? Yeah, I, like I said, I believe that's probably in there. I know all the uh, the rhetorics are in there. And then um, I can't think of what the other one, but the Barter House might be. It just depends on how long ago it was produced. So mm-hmm. Cindy and I went and took a tour of the, sti- the, the uh, distillery and they had Orphan Barrel. They had the Barter House Orphan Barrel in there for, I think it was $80. So got a bottle. Sat on the shelf for a while and we drank it, you know, here and there. And then I had about half a bottle left and brought it to a podcast and Neil and I drank it. <laughs> and then after the podcast, we looked it up online and it was selling for like six ninety nine or $799 a bottle. <laughs> That's an expensive podcast. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure Fable and Folly's not cheap. No, it's yeah, not. None of this orphan barrel is. No. The bourbon craze is real. Well, you know. I sold a car and uh, <laughs> bought that. Well, there you go. <laughs> so in Nashville, we're going to go see Marcus King, right? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. At the Ryman. Yeah. That's going to be cool. That's going to be amazing. I'm so looking forward to so going you guys to the Ryman. Have you you've never been? No. Lee? I've been. I saw Eddie Vedder. Oh. Solo. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the Ryman is, is acoustic church. I think that's what they call it. I don't know if they do or not, but they should if they don't, <laughs> because it's, it is that it is the perfect capture of the energy in the room. The sound is amazing, and, and there's not a bad seat in the house. So there's a funny story when I, I was at the Ryman with my little brother Nathan, and we were watching Eddie Vedder, and most of the show was pretty pretty tame. It was just him acoustic, but when he got to the the encore, he actually came out and he brought the opener in uh, to play electric and the drums and the whole nine yards and. Everybody started like beating on the seats, kind of like, you know, to play percussions with the band or what whatnot. And at one point I was like, oh man, I probably shouldn't hit these seats. I don't want to break them. And then I had to remind myself, they've been here for 200 years. I don't think they're going anywhere. <laughs> that reminds me of a funny story when I almost pushed the usher down the aisle. But I didn't really, but because I was leaning like this. Like a, <laughs> I mean, that hard on the front and he came over and tapped my shoulder. Don't lean on that seat. I was like, what? <laughs> Go, okay. Why were you leaning on the front seat so hard? I guess I was just into the show, man. I was, was rocking. I was amazing. Was there anyone in that seat? No, it's pews. It's like old church pews. But they're these old Longwood church pews. I mean, he yeah. he was kind of a stickler. But, uh, you know, whatever. It was closed for a long time, wasn't it? Did that, they did they do like renovations or what? I don't know. I went a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, dude. But it's uh, it's something. It's it's. I'm glad that we're all going. I'm glad you've never been. You've never been, right? I've I've seen it from the outside. I don't think I've been inside. Well, it's an experience. And uh, Marcus King, and I think it's probably, I don't think it's the Marcus King band with the full, I think it's Marcus King and his uh, small band, which is probably a three-piece. It's going to be amazing. It'll be awesome. It's going to actually, I was looking at the uh, Bourbon and Beyond lineup and it showed Marcus King in that. And it's not the Marcus King band. It's the same setup. So I, th- I imagine that's what he's touring right now with the Youngblood tour. But dude, it's going to be amazing. So Brent, man, what's been going on with you since you were in here last? I, I know you've been uh, playing some music. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think uh, Neil got me back into playing when he made me, when he forced me to come on the podcast the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a musician. No, we, no. So, uh, yeah, I've been I've been writing a lot of stuff. Uh, I've been playing a lot with Neil and Lee and some other guys. So yeah, it's good to get back in it. Actually, been playing my drums again, mm-hmm. which I haven't played in forever. So it's fun to actually play drums with other people, you know. Yeah. But 
yeah, we've been jamming up at Neil's. So, yeah, it's been awesome. I had a good time down there at your house when we were all jamming. Dude, you missed a couple other ones too. We've had a we've had our share of good ones. We oh, had a couple great. when you were gone. It's about, it's wild how uh, how much time I have when the podcast isn't on all the time. <laughs> 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 like Brad left for a month, so I've got like I guess we'll do something else. So yeah, yeah, at least one or two nights a week. Yeah, man, we had we had some good jam sessions. Um, creatively, that's that's the thing that's always interesting. You know, is is we start somewhere. Um, and it just depends. Cause like when we were in that situation where we were jamming, I mean, there was a lot of like figuring out some stuff, writing some parts to songs, doing each other's original stuff. Um, everybody, you know, switching instruments here and there. And you know, in particular, like when, uh, the first time it was Brent and Spencer and I, and we all just jumped and did everything else. And then it was, uh, you and all of us and then same deal. It was kind of just figuring out it's cool to sit and figure out each other's the way each other speak musically, number one. And then when you have times where you switch instruments or, you know, play bass, Lee, you were on the bass, uh, trying to figure out some stuff, one of those sessions. And it's just like each instrument, there's a different way that you, that you communicate, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool because like, you know, these guys, Lee, Lee and Brent and I have been, uh, the best of friends are basically our entire life. You know, Lee grew up one house away from where we're sitting right now. I grew up just on, you know, 10 houses away from that. Brent was just on the other side of, of host Claw Hill where. The other side of the hill. The other side of the hill. <laughs> hey, the Bad highest, side of the highest hill. point in Jefferson <laughs> County. Man. Brent West is always the highest man in the county, sober as a judge. So. Uh, 890 feet. Right? And you're on the second floor, dude. So, I mean, come on. You're back. You're you're nine hundred. You're the only nine hundred footer in the county, probably. It's true. So you know it, it's uh, <laughs> but you know, growing up and 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 a big inspiration for all of us was you know, Lee's dad Jeff, and it's it's interesting to see us all playing with him now because I think like the evolution of all of us playing instruments and like Lee being a super late bloomer to where, you know, at 40, you know, late thirties, he gets into playing guitar or something that Brent and I've been begging him to do and forever absolutely now. absolutely kills it. Absolutely <laughs> kills it. The best voice in the, in the bunch by far. Um, now trying to figure out some bass stuff just for the, you know, sheer hell of it. And it's like, that's an interesting process to watch as, as somebody that has known his, taste and his musical inspirations and and watching his dad and and you know sitting at the lake with him this weekend we we played for 48 hours <laughs> we played a lot of hours last it time was probably lake. at least 10 hours we played that weekend <laughs> yeah i mean we played forever and it's just like uh. so lee you got me beat as a late starter <laughs> oh yeah how, how old were you when you started playing i, I think i was 38 yeah before i learned to play guitar like first guitar lesson, right? Yeah, first guitar lesson, like 37, 38. Did you jump in with lessons right away? I did. I went yeah. and saw uh, Polly Felice, who's a teacher now in Lexington. And uh, he was teaching it at Mom's, I think. And uh, it's been so long now, I can't remember. But started weekly lessons, and I would go right before I picked up my kids from school. So I would take my guitar, go to my guitar lesson, walk out you know, at 5 o'clock, go pick my kids up, go home, cook dinner, and... Uh, did that every week for a long time mm. and really, really enjoyed it. You know, the 
he was a great teacher in, in learning the structure of the hows and the whys um, in a in a real way, um, not just YouTube and trying to mimic things. Made it take off pretty quickly and then grow from there. Yeah. And it's also interesting, like, like we said, we played forever this last, well, not this, you know, a couple Memorial Day weekend. And the the development and, and kind of same with you, Brad, to see that when you go, okay, I'm going to learn scales. I'm going to learn how to solo a little bit. And you take the time to do it and then just practice a little bit. Every time you can see that, that you're getting better as, as, an, as an outsider who, you know, we don't play every day. So when you do see or do play once a, a month or once every however long, you do see it, even if you don't, you know, Lee talks about going time without playing or practicing or picking something up. But I know as a, as a musician myself, there are times you get better by not playing. There are times that you understand things just by, I've listened to more music in the last month than I've played. I've been more of a observer, a student than I've been an actual participant where you do get better. So once you start putting those shapes and, and those things into, into play and you can hear those things, so it's, it's fascinating to me to watch development because when you talk about starting late, both of you, when you have the ability to go, okay, but I want to do this now, you can do that. It's cool to see. Absolutely. It's never, it's never too late to start learning. Yeah. No. And there's never a point where you've learned everything. Oh, no. You know, yeah. it, how many people do we have in here that we think are, you know, the most talented musicians that we've seen or in the city that still take lessons to this day? Oh they're, yeah. They're, you know, we, we look at them like, dude, they're masters of their craft almost. And they're a lot of young, young musicians these days. And, and they still are taking lessons and still doing things to constantly get better. And playing a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. That's a common thing you find when you see somebody, you know, you're just amazed at how good of a player they are. And then they talk about how much they play. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, it's that 10,000 hour rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we made that joke at Memorial Day weekend. There's like a meme that's going around and it's, you know, how did you get so good at guitar? And it's like, practice. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, how did you get so good at guitar? And it's like, no, practice. Yeah. And it's like, seriously, you must be like a virtuoso. And it's like, no, oh. it's practice. <laughs> don't want to practice. <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> so Lee, you know, we've been... It's come up just a couple of times in with a few podcasts, like we get on a discussion about success as a musician. You know, are you a successful musician? Who is a successful musician? What makes a successful musician? And then, you know, I was thinking about that today, just, uh, you know, just like four of us average guys in a room. What draws us to music? What do we, what do we expect from music? And I was just thinking about, you know, you picking up the guitar so late, what do you feel like drew you to that? And sitting here now where you are now, what do you look to get from music or where do you want to go from music? What's your intentions? Well, like Neil mentioned before, obviously my father, you know, playing music my entire life was a, a huge influence and grew up with music. And I remember cleaning the house on Sundays and listening to Led Zeppelin records, a record that I, ha I now have in my house, <laughs> um, the original at my house. And then... It just always being a release. Uh, you know, I remember Neil and I, I was thinking about that when we talked about our, doing this earlier. And, uh, you know, what was the first concert that I remember going to? And I think it was, I think it was Vince Gill with Mary Chapin Carpenter at the, uh, at the fair. 
Yeah, that, that Cardinal might be, Stadium or something Cardinal like Stadium, that. Cardinal Stadium, yeah. <laughs> Kentucky State Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Chapin Carpenter was pregnant and fell off the stage. Oh, I do remember drunk. that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a misstep, Brad. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, and, there's two. <laughs> Kentucky State Fair and the Kentucky Derby. Don't you wonder where all these Kentucky people come from you see at those events? <laughs> I mean, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Yep. I just figured they come from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm those just those kidding. are two crazy events. Well, then, then Kentucky thought, State Fair always made me nervous. I didn't like. I didn't like being at Kentucky State Fair. It, it is definitely yeah, an interesting yeah. event. That's just, for sure. Like, there's just some shaky people there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like with. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the carnies. I, I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I haven't been to Kentucky State Fair though for a hundred years. So. Yeah, I know because you're scared of it. <laughs> you're terrified to go to the State Fair, man. <laughs> you know, though, man, I, the the fair is always that's a good spot to uh, not watch any original music. But if you want to go see some good cover bands, oh yeah, the Bud Dent. Oh man, they always got some pretty good cover bands. Yeah. For as long as I can remember, Chris and Chad have been on yeah. the spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always played that stuff. And if you play that, you're one of the hot bands in town. I know that. It's like, man, y'all get to play the Y'all playing State Fair? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome. Right after the cake cook-off and the chicken show. <laughs> <laughs> Go get you a dipped Oreo and then come watch us play some music. Hi, Lee. Like, what's your musical goals right now? I don't really have any goals with music besides just enjoying it yeah. and and continuing to get better, continuing to figure things out for me. Uh, I know that you all in the past have talked about the songwriter group that we all did. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. We Is that still know, going? Not, no, but, <laughs> when but, you, but when we did it. Last time we had the jam session, we ended up doing or redoing a couple of those songs as a full band and organizing them and, and really <laughs> there was uh, there was some there's some bangers uh, in there on. one in particular I have a, a go I have a go for Lee he, had, he for has Lee about too. eight or ten awesome songs that he's written and I even transcribed his lyrics for him that he needs to record into like an yeah, EP he does Seriously. he does have that Let's do it. That that might be the goal is is to get that down the the yeah. funny thing is that most of those songs were written during that songwriter group and the moment they were finished i never played them again so i don't even works. i don't even know them yeah no, that's okay that's how i do yeah that's a, that's that's but you uncommon. have them recorded you have the chords the lyrics and all that the good part about that process was i think we all became fans of each other so like in your case you didn't listen to them again or think about them what brent did Obviously. i mean i have same but the biggest thing for me out of that number one let me just finish this statement I gotta go for Lee too my goal is for whenever we are together and you pull out an instrument you don't go I haven't played this in a month cause that's what you say every time you play I haven't played <laughs> this I haven't played cause this it's always true out. right now I know and I know you're busy and I know life is busy but that that uh, because you're just you're you're so natural at, at it that uh, when you do get back in that rhythm because sometimes like by the end of the night the other day you're back in the rhythm you you were feeling it. You're playing some things you didn't play. F chords that night. Any F chord that came up, you're like, I'm not playing. F it. 
Yeah, he <laughs> literally said F. <laughs> Actually, there was no communication about it. I just, it was like, C, all right, Lee's going to drop that. I got this. All right, back to G. He's play back. The, everybody play the F chords a little louder <laughs> to compensate for Lee's yeah. absence. Yeah, so that's, that would be my goal is just uh, because I know, I know for me that without the guitar, music itself but but for me the guitar it's you know as, as much as you guys are my best friends all everybody in this room um the guitar has been my best friend too it has been a place for me to say you know just get things out and to play what i'm feeling without saying a word i don't have to sing a song um it is very therapeutic for me and i know when i play it a lot i feel better and i think that uh for all of us, if you can, can practice and focus and get better and just take that time to kind of get it and feel it and, and do, I think that you, you just enjoy it more. So I think that that's for me, not pulling it out and being like, I haven't played this in a month, but having like that intimate connection that, that, that you can have with an instrument, you know, uh, that, that you just kind of, my heart and soul's in this thing right now. And I, you know, so that's, that's n- number one. Number two, songwriting group. The thing that got me out of that is uh, Brent Weston's the best songwriter out of all oh of us. <laughs> Unbelievable. That dude can write a song. And, and he was his, playing for like three weeks. Well, and his success is that. He's done. I don't know if he'll ever write another song unless we do another songwriting group and say, hey, Brent, write another banger. But he, every, he still, I think he still, he'll sit down and write every now and then. But, but just, you know, like asking Lee what his goals were with music with Brent it's just that you know I said because I think I thought too I re, well I remember you know the first time he sent me a song I called you and I said Neil I need you to listen to this make sure I'm not being a dad because I think it's, <laughs> I think it sounds damn good and you're like yeah that's good but not but, only is the writing I mean his voice is the first thing that you hear you go dude that is, number it, it's beautiful he's got the greatest tone and, and ability to get uh, kind of drag you in with his his vocals, but then the way he can write a hook. Oh, yeah, the, his phrasing yeah, the catchy and his hooks were the best. His it's his hooks are ridiculous. Crazy. And the best part about it is, and, and he'll the first thing he'll tell you about himself is, I know like four chords. Everything's written out of these three chords or four chords, but his melody lines are unbelievably catchy, and his his writing, his way, he just catches you, dude. And it's like. And that's all he wants to do. That's it. I tried to get I, I tried to get him to go to an open mic, you know, just to take a... I even told him I'd play a guitar for him so he could just sing, but he has no interest in that. It took it took everything I had to get him up here in this studio just to record vocals so I could just record one of the songs because we did a Music in My Bones in here. Yeah. We ought to play that. We'll play it. good. Yep. Oh, yeah, we can play <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's an original. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, let's... Uh, yeah, yo, he's going to... He's going to listen to this and say, well, I didn't tell you you could play music in my bones. That's all right. We own the copyright. <laughs> no, I'm just here. kidding. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Let me find it here. See, this is, uh, man, I'm I'm proud of you, bro. What's that? Super off the cuff. You're just winging it, man. It's like you're natural. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to take me a minute to find it. Well, let's talk about it. So but when, we can edit all this. We need to, right? Yeah, we can edit all this. But yeah, dude, the the his ability to write a freaking hook shocked me, and, and I think everybody's ability to write a song. There we go. Right, Man, we I it. just typed it in my search bar and it just started playing. That's pretty cool. Oh, dude, 
Ah, here we All go. Right. This is uh so if I remember right, this was the second song he wrote in a songwriting group. I think it was pretty early on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the second or third. So he he wrote the first song he ever wrote. He came in late to the songwriting group, and he did uh he did, it was your your prompt. I was gonna uh, say, do we remember what the prompt? Time, time and money. Oh yeah, more time, more time, more time than, than money. I got money. And uh, he wrote a hell of a one. That was the first song he ever wrote. And then uh, then this one. Here we go. I was born with music in my bones But I was afraid to let it show Whoa I learned to play when I was 12 years old The guitar put me in a zone Didn't no one know Got me like I wrote this song when I turned 28 And what came next was worth the wait Yeah, I was a little late I fell in love with what I could create And suddenly it felt like fate And I remember the days That got me like, But you guys. <laughs> so Brent, now now that uh, we play Brent Weston's song, yeah, that was that was a, that took a while to get used to too, having a Brent West and a Brent Weston <laughs> in the, the same, same songwriter. Yeah, that was definitely not me. <laughs> the song you just played. <laughs> but we need to play Germantown now that we uh, listen Man. to that. So we'll, we'll play that one a little bit later. If but you, you uh, yeah. That was the next place I was going to go. You guys were talking about those jam sessions, but you guys also pretty much recorded a, an album down there in your basement. <laughs> um, we really did. Yeah. Nine songs, I think I, I think. recorded eight or nine songs, and yeah. then the next day, Neil recorded probably 10 or 12. Nah, I think I probably recorded about the same, but I did a couple takes a few times. It was different. It was more of just kind of a rough live demo, I guess, but that was fun. Yeah, man. 
I I'd rather come down here and just hit have you hit the button. But you know, other than that, it was it was fun. <laughs> it was it was an it was super easy for Brent. Uh, you know, because I'm sitting where you're sitting. I'm adjusting mics and hitting a button and then I'm sending it to you real raw dog so you can take care of it from there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really everything that you recorded was, has been pretty recent, recently written and it was, I think, uh, (sighs) I don't know, man, you've, you've heard it. I think it's a killer record. It's got some amazing songs in it. Germantown is just stupid good. Um, it's like one of those, it's like a Brent Weston song when you hear it, you just go, it's, it's, that's undeniably a well-written song. Um, he will deny it, but Lee's here to back it up. Like when Brent writes a song, he's one of the best storytellers, regardless of where it's coming from. Like he can write a song about something that happened years ago and tell the story and make it a cool uh, song. I mean, he's got he's got some that are just written about stories that he's heard that are almost word for word, but they're cool they're cool songs because he has the ability to create that. But you know, with the last thing that especially that we recorded, I think there's a lot more of realness and rawness in the in the lyrics and the the wording, and it's just it sits, man. It's good. It's real good. I agree. Yeah. What was so? What was the uh, what was the story behind the song "Last Ride"? It was like somebody's dog or something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like they were putting their dog down the next day, and they were taking them around for one last one last car ride or something. Yeah, you would never guess it from listening to the song. Huh. It sounds like you know you write the story in your head because they're written, the the lyrics are written so well that it becomes whatever you want it to become about one last ride together. You would never guess it's about a guy and his dog. Mm-hmm. Is that a personal story or just a story? A uh, personal story. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are your one, songs most mostly personal stories? Um, I'd say, yeah, for the most part. Uh, for me, it's it's more of an emotional outlet or release. Uh, I tend to write more when I'm, you know, when life gets heavy and you're dealing with stuff. For me, it's it's more for myself. It's more for kind of an outlet. Um I don't really write songs a lot of times that I plan on really sharing. It's just more more for me. So if you feel honestly. if you're feeling good, you don't get any songs. Uh, well, <laughs> no, yeah. We were down at the lake and yeah. Uh Daryl Ray, one of our friends that when we were kids watched him play also. His wife said, Do you all write any happy songs? No. I mean, would you dance if I did? <laughs> no. So, no, it's uh, exactly what he said is what his success in music looks like for him, not not for like other people or, or people that are trying to make it a career. I think the a big part of what you think is the goal of what you're doing is to do exactly what you said, write that song, put that there, put a timestamp on it, get the feeling and the emotion out. And it's, it's probably has nothing to do with, I've got something to say, I'm going to write this song, but it's like, this is coming. I got to get it out of me. And once it's out, it kind of releases you from that thing a little bit. I would, I would say so. Yeah. And like you said, for me, for me, it's about getting it out rough and raw. Um, and like music that I listen to, I don't like music that's 100% polished necessarily. I like raw music that I feel an emotional connection with. So I like mistakes and rawness and 
sometimes just, you know, getting it out. And I've learned through the process because, you know, Lee helped me with some songs too, you know, that he would think of, hey, try to go higher or lower, play this chord, something I wouldn't think of, or here's, here's this lyric change. And I realized because Lee and I watched the Beatles documentary and that blew my mind, the, the process of them kind of sitting around in a circle, you know, they didn't do anything isolated. Um, and I feel like playing up at your house, you know, and creating things together, to me, like, I would like to do more of that. I feel like when you co-write stuff or as a group, you just, you get different angles and different feedback that you wouldn't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder no if doubt. part of that for you, um, and maybe anybody that, that sits, is uh, you you have a, an attachment to it, but the attachment is not so emotional. When you sit down with a guitar and write a tune and, uh, you know, kind of the process that you and I and, and all of us go through when we write a song, um, especially if it's it's more, because I, I think I write like you. I, I, I write a lot that's um, from first-person point of view, regardless of what the theme is. It, it comes from an emotional standpoint first i think i think i try to convey that before um a story but i wonder if like part of being in a group setting like that where you're co-writing and and throwing ideas together it takes yourself out of the song enough to to feel like you want to share it more does that make sense yeah i think so i think you hit the nail on the head yeah i think that's part of it is that the song begins as your song and a lot of times they're imperfect in that creation. And then through making it more perfect, it becomes a little less personal because you change lyrics, you change melodies a yeah. little bit, you change. And I like that better because I don't like to put myself out there like that. Yeah. Yeah, here's a song we wrote. Not not here's a song I wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you're responsible for all the lyrics in it, if, if melody, melody lines change or chords change or something happens or you write a, a bridge or, or the hook together, um, yeah, it kind of, I, I would imagine that that's part of that process is it allows you to, to detach, uh, from, from everything and just work on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Probably good. Brent's got that, uh, outlet because, you know, from what I know, Brent, you're like pretty, uh, pretty even kill stoic dude. So if you didn't have that outlet, you'd probably explode. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a good outlet. For sure. yeah. So that night we were watching the Beatles documentary. We were actually working on Germantown and it's, uh, it's been really interesting as I've grown as a musician and I'm able to understand things and, and more importantly, vocalize what I'm thinking, uh, working with Neil and Brent and, watching Brent try to write lyrics that night. And the song was 99% done. But there was a few little little places that he couldn't figure out exactly what he wanted to say. And every time he would get to him, the song would just grind to a halt. And he would stop and just, it would completely start over again. And I had to just look at him and be like, Brent, just skip it. So like the joke Neil made about earlier with you being off the cuff tonight and Neil being proud of you. <laughs> he, you all are so analytical and so alike. He couldn't skip that one word because it wasn't perfect. And I'm like, it'll eventually come. Just just move on and then hum the note, hum the melody, whatever. And it was hilarious because as we haven't taken the third step, how are we going to take the fourth? Uh, uh, no, that, <laughs> that's what it was. I, I, have to get, I have to get out of that like linear thinking. <laughs> linear thinking and creation are tough together. You yeah. know, you it, it can be hard. done, but you can get yourself caught up. 
Yeah. Uh, you don't allow yourself just to. But you know, that's one, one of the things I like about your song, Brent. And are you going to let us play Germantown, by the way? Sure. All right, we'll play that in just a second. But one of the things I like about your songs are are they all they are so real, and you know you do feel them, mm-hmm. and you know it's like, and even even uh you know even around a campfire, I feel like when you're playing just when you're just playing cover songs or whatever, you're putting everything you got in it. You yeah. know, every so, time every time you pick up the guitar and sing a song, he has to. He's playing forty seven instruments <laughs> and singing. <laughs> it's, it's, I was telling Neil that you know when I play, uh, I've. I kind of want to feel the emotional outlet. And so I don't like to just kind of sit by, you know, yeah. it's either go all out or don't. And, and there's a fine line there. Um, so Neil and Lee have probably heard this and they're probably tired of me talking about it, but I have to give a shout out to my buddy, Josh Stinson. Actually, he went to art school at Murray and Dale Lays, who's an awesome artist, was his teacher. They took, he took uh, classes with him for three years and Senior year, he said, we're going back to line drawing. So he calls it construct, deconstruct, construct. So it, it definitely applies to music because I talked to Josh about it. And sometimes I push myself too hard, you know, vocally or trying to learn things on guitar and drums. But I think it's good to do that. Anything in life, you learn everything you can to push yourself. And then you go back to basics and you're going to be a hundred times better. And a lot of times that's all you need. Yeah. Um, and so... That can kind of maybe that probably helps you see progress too, because that's that's one yeah. of the things I I got to remind myself, you know. Sometimes you know you couldn't play this three months ago, mm-hmm. and you're playing it now, even though you're not where you want to be. You know, you're playing it now. At I, I'm, I've been playing. Uh, I've been trying to learn. You know, like ragtime picking with a thumb pick. And oh man, when I first started, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just felt like I felt so uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. And I'm still terrible at it, mm-hmm. but I got to remind myself, hey, you're you're playing eight measures of this now. You couldn't do that first measure, you yeah. know, three months ago, but I'm still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, keep, you keep pushing yourself; it'll make you better all around. Yeah, it is true, though. Uh, what, what you're saying is money. You have to stop and go back, especially if you're talking about what you're what you're saying, because mu- music will humble you. It'll make you think, especially if you go, you know, we're going to go watch Marcus King in September and every one of us is going to feel worthless when we walk out of there. We'll be absolutely loving what we just saw, but we're like, we should probably all burn our instruments <laughs> because if we can't play like that, what, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? How do you do that? You know, I, I get, how did you get that ability, Mr. Marcus King? Uh, or did you just get lucky? No, he practiced, practiced forever. A bunch. Yeah, I mean, that I, dude... Would, I look like I'm 28, but I'm actually 140 <laughs> and I yeah. practiced. But see, man, the biggest thing with him is when he was, he was a stud blues player at like 16 and he took three years and went and learned jazz just to make mm. his playing better. So now he just knows everything. So it's it, it was all about he was a student to the instrument, to, to music, and put in the work and got better and understands the language better than any of us could. But um, you've got to take those seconds to to look at your improvements um, and recognize the the good parts and the holes and, and and all those things. Because you know, sitting around sitting around bonfire uh, playing music, you you can kind of go, all right, I I couldn't play that run last year i couldn't do this or you know lee didn't know that song last year and you know we sat and did 
57 songs that we've never played before. And, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Just because we, tr- we were like, hey, let's just do some new stuff, try some things, see if we're good enough to do this. And then we were. So, yeah. Brad, we... That's good for Brent. We all made a list. We all made a list of all the songs we know, like cover songs and everything. And we started with the A's the first night. We played for four hours and got. we weren't even to D yet. Oh, my God. Yeah, we we made it to the D. That's what you... (laughs) Brent, I said that's good for you because the reason I said that because I know I tell tell Neil all the time, just playing like that with people is really good for me because I I like uh, too much of a perfectionist. You know, when I started playing the guitar, I almost immediately got into a band and everybody laughs that's ever been in my band that, you know, I'm always like, let's do it again. No, for the beginning. <laughs> but, you know, that was so rehearsed. You know, everything was, we'd always, you know, we'd be ready for shows, but, you know, that's how I always learned because I jumped right into playing in bands is to be rehearsed. So I have a hard time sometimes. <laughs> I, it's not, I, I do all right with it now. But for a long time, I couldn't play around a campfire because I was afraid I might make a mistake. Dude, that's so funny. See, I like, I you, like mistakes. That, that you said that because they would. <laughs> that was the, the, the overall theme of Brad and by any of his bandmates. If you, you could get, if the song was five minutes, if you got to 447 and you messed up, you start from the beginning. <laughs> you don't pass three to get to four. They all the way through. Mistakes are real, man. Here would be I the like problem. When, anytime I have a band, that's how we do it. We would rehearse it and we'd get it right and then we'd never play it like that ever in our lives. All right, let's listen to Back in Germantown. There's 
no reason to stay I'm tired of fading away Alone and feeling down I'm back in Germantown Lately I've been so frustrated It's suffocating me Need space so I can breathe life Into my dreams There's no reason to stay I'm tired of fading away Alone and feeling down I'm back in Germantown I'm back in Germantown Tired of feeling down I'm back in Germantown Dude, one shot, baby. So here's what I wanted to show you. We already know the harmonies. Yes. Uh, I'll play the drums. That's basic drum beat. Can I play drums, Brent? Yeah. All right, so... Who's going to play bass, Neil? Yeah, I got bass. I I got the bass. I'll do the bass. What y'all looking for? I'm going to play a shaker. I'm showing you something here. So, uh... (laughs) So what I was going to ask you, Brent... No, I got to show you this Did you download those Plugin Alliance plugins I sent you? No, I did did not. High fives. Thank I you, bro. Have. Hey, dude. Hey, it was game uh, changers. It was like it was free. Eight hundred, a thousand dollars worth of plugins. They were trying to promote their new, <sighs> uh, new collaboration with some company, and I mean, just dude, just the analog black box. That thing is, was ridiculous. Is awesome. It's, I should it's have. Ridiculous. I haven't messed with it with Studio One in so long. Well, you haven't had. Yeah, you've been in the sitch that didn't allow you to do a lot of things with the downloads and all I can that. go to Neil's and record. Yeah, I, I know a, a studio that you can go to. So, so know, I got to show you this, man. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so I get a, you know, we we always talk about music and stuff and, and we have text thread and Brent sends us this list of songs and the best part is, you know, I mean, it's it's a legit crazy. Holy cow. So Brent has a hundred. Did you type those or do you like voice? No, I typed them in a Google sheet. Yeah, Brent has a hundred. How many songs? Brent has 105 and then I put mine on it was so, like 300. Now we ended up at 243 and then Lee has his own many. list. I we used, didn't get I to used G-tabs, We yeah. didn't get to this list. We got to Lee's list. But here's my favorite part. This is this is my this is the Brad West and Brent uh West. What is it? Person who sings it, the artist, the song, the tuning, the capo, the key, if he plays the harp or not. 
If and, I don't put that on there, I'll forget, <laughs> man. <laughs> and the tab link, which we we don't have any tab link, but we're okay on that. If I if I didn't do that, I would totally forget. So I don't. But yeah, see, we talk about on this podcast all the time your ability to remember lyrics, Brent. Oh yeah, you you, you ridiculous. The, the the best part, like he needs this. There's no lyric sheets. Oh no, there's no lyric sheets for this. It's just straight Brent West memory. It's unbelievable. I didn't realize that. That's none, not that none of you all can remember <laughs> any lyrics at all. I'm I can't like, remember my own. I'm like, hey, let's do the weight and alternate verses. And nobody... I'm like, I, like, I don't, don't know the lyrics. I, like, I know my part. I know my part. That's it. I think it's because I've, I listened to songs so many times over and over. They're just burned in no, my brain. No, that's not what no, it is. exactly. It's not. I listen to stuff all the time. Dude, you, you, you got, I couldn't you tell you how many computer in your Because head. you're probably listening to like the guitar. Yeah, I definitely listen to music first. I'm a music... I like... See, I can hear the first note and go, okay, okay, I know where the song is I think it's because I was somewhat of a late, well, I didn't start playing guitar until I was 17, drums at 20. So when I first listened to music, I would always listen to just the lyrics before mm -hmm. I got into playing. And then I started listening more to the other instruments, but that might be part of it. Huh. You know, it's interesting, you know, so at that age when Brent first started, you were in some bands that were actually doing some regional tours and things and... Well, I, well, yeah, I played with Nick, and we, you know, I played with them a couple shows, regional. Nick. Dittmer. Dittmer. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot about who that. Just, uh, when I played a, with, who just had an album release, so go get yeah, that yeah, album. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Everything, I mean, it's everything, Nick. Yeah, yeah it's everything Nick. Everything good. he does is good. Brent, yeah. Brent and I watched him play at... Uh, uh, Black, uh, Black Horse? No, at the uh, uh, brewery. Um, Goodwood. BBC or Goodwood, yeah. Goodwood. Goodwood downtown. downtown. Yeah. Awesome. So there are 164 songs on my G-Tabs. <laughs> <laughs> so between us, we got about 500. So the Johnstone Band's coming out of retirement, no, no. man. Uh, this is the Plaid Brothers. Johnstone Band is coming out of retirement. But, July, uh, what is it? 7th? July 7th. I think it's BA July Colonial. 7th. Well, it's an interesting coming out of retirement because Aaron, our drummer, is not going to be there. So Josh is playing drums. So we won't have a keyboard player, but Josh, who is... I mean, he can do everything. Uh, we'll be our drummer that night, which is kind of nerve-wracking for me because I'm like, all right, cool. We get to open for Dusty, who's freaking awesome. And then we get to have <laughs> one man down. We don't even get our full band, but we'll be a good opener. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting. We're, we've actually got some gigs coming up. I think we're doing some diamond stuff. And it will hurt a little bit not having your drummer because he's damn good. He's good, yeah, man. He's good. And, and I tell you, I mean... You know, uh, not that I don't promote drinking bourbon, but he is sober these days, which for for me and for him and for everything is great. Um, and especially for his drumming, his playing is has uh, exponentially gotten better. Yeah, just because he is there. Well, you know, we say that all the time. Bourbon enhances things <clears throat> to a point, and to then it's point. all downhill from there. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know how it is, man. Uh, anybody that has the ability to have a couple and then stop, stop it's yeah. okay it's if, good. if you don't have that ability man it's uh it can go you know we we've talked about hell gigs i've got some hell gig stories and it generally involves uh, too much alcohol uh, yeah for me or somebody you were someone in the with. band yeah, yeah. <laughs> every single time <laughs> you know even uh even sitting around at the lake at the bonfire i, I made it a point not to overindulge because i just wanted to be present i wanted to be able to uh play i wanted to be able to do some runs i wanted to be able to to last 
as long as we did. We started we started setting up at about nine thirty. By the yeah. I, I'd say we started playing by ten thirty, just because of our lights and all that stuff. <laughs> Hanging the lights. But it, somebody said it's twenty till four, and we finally yeah. quit. But we played forever, and, and and if you know, as much as I like bourbon, if I was ham, if we were all hammering bourbons and drinks, but there would have been no way it would not have lasted. That it long. wouldn't have lasted. Nah. And, and that night is a night that you know, when you get to our age, what you want more than anything is to make memories and have a good time. And that's a night that I'll just remember forever. I mean, that is that one awesome. that goes down in history as far as is a night of playing stuff. Uh, with our, you know, my buddies and, and, and doing things that we'd never done before and just being in the moment. And, and it's one for me that'll go down in history. And I'm, and part of that is, you know, we didn't go crazy until all the adults went to bed. No? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Aren't we supposed to be the adults though? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all the old people is what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah. All the elders. Man, the mother elders still stay up till about one. So they, yeah. they made it pretty late as well. They yeah. go with it. It's great, man. There were, def- there, were, there were definitely some songs that once they left, we're like, okay, we can play those. <laughs> <laughs> no, Neil. Well, we shut this down, man. We've almost killed an hour here. Yeah. But which, uh, you know, after all you've done with music and at this point in your life, what you, uh, you have any goals right now? What are you thinking musically? I don't know, man. Um, I just really, I, I, I don't know. I really love doing what we're doing. I get as much satisfaction out of this and, and like talking to other musicians and helping, uh, you know, promote in whatever way we can uh, what other people are doing because I really think that in the long run, it is beneficial to have a huge community of people that, that support each other. Oh, yeah. So regardless of what I do, if I, you know, play another song uh, or write another song or do anything, I think, you know, uh, what we're doing is, is write up what I want to do. I, I love building the, the community. I think that we are kind of a part of, you know, getting the invites to, the barn shows and the monarch and, and, um, you know, having people reach out to us to, to be up here and be on the show and do one shots and, and, you know, have that, that platform. I think that kind of, uh, creatively ticks a lot, you know, checks a lot of boxes for me. I still love writing. I still love creating. You know, I'm playing bass with Acquainted Strangers. I'm not a bass player, but I, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, dude, I'm going to do this. Let's go. Uh, you know, Ian came up and so... Have you been practicing? I've been practicing like crazy. I'm, I'm somewhat of a bass player right now. Uh, <laughs> so so I, I think, man, just um, I would like to put out... I think the next thing, honestly, for me is going to be some type of bluegrass situation. Um what, you mean like putting a band together? As, as far as maybe, as far as writing a record and doing something like that, maybe like that. But what I really am enjoying more than anything is is what when we all get together and just play. Yeah. When we get together and just hang and there's, it, it's just a good time. Um, writing, uh, just having, there's a lot of, there's a, I get a lot of joy out of that. Um, and I feel somewhat, uh, selfish to be able to to have as many experiences like that as I've had lately. And I've kind of made it a point to, you know, I, I think that, I think that you got to kind of make yourself do that stuff 
reach out. I've continued to, I, I've made it a point in myself to reach out to people to do jam sessions and kind of get together and, and play and, and do those things. So a lot of my success is in those things is creating those relationships, having just fun. Uh, if, if, you know, I don't ever have a song on FPK, so be it. It's okay. I'm still going to go to the waterfront Wednesdays. <laughs> We're still going to be a part of this. Uh, you know, I hope to be a part of the scene. I hope people think that, Hey man, it, oh, yeah. it, it's good for, our group it's good for my music it's good for us to go up there and um you know i think i, I think, think that so. we're rolling in the right direction with that what about you man i mean I, I know you don't uh do a ton of writing or stuff like that but i see you continue to get better as a player and you know i, I want to become a confident guitar player and then i, I think i mean you kind of said you know you, you said you feel fortunate i think we're in a position now where a lot of opportunities are just presenting themselves and just, and just taking advantage of, of, you know, riding those out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and the cool thing about it is most opportunities to come to, come to us now are uh, opportunities to help somebody else. Like you mentioned, which is, is cool, you yeah, know, dig it. and uh, so ride the podcast out, keep the one shots going, keep the top hill presents going Sounds like now, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is from the songwriting group, taking some of the better songs and making like an album or something, but mm. maybe we just start with Lease and just do... Ooh, ooh, let's do it. Look at let's that. Do it. Maybe we do a Donahue, Donahue thing first and I don't know, just do a rotation, go through... I don't know. What do you guys think? You want to do just a songwriting album or do individuals? I mean, I think we, could, we could do a mix-up of yeah. all. You know, it's it's... I like the idea of taking the best of what I've written, the best of what Neil's written, the best yeah, of what be Brent's awesome. written, that'd be fun. what Nathan and the other Brent wrote, even though they can't be here necessarily to record them, and then record it for them. That might be work better with the situation we're in, because then, you know, when we decide to do your songs, Lee, you know, get two songs ready or whatever, we come in here, we record those two songs, you know, in one night. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, do somebody else's another night, kind of natural breaks. The, the real way to break it up. That'd be fun. The only, uh, the only thing it, it costs us is time and the, we all love doing it. So it's really just a, a labor of love. That's that, dude. Well, it'll cost whatever a few bottles of bourbon will cost. Well, <laughs> look, just don't get the $600 bottles. You provide the studio space and let everybody else take care of the bourbon. Deal. We'll bring the bourbon. <laughs> Deal. You got it. <laughs> can, I play, can I play drums? Yeah. On, on some of them. On some of them, some of them dude. Yeah. I mean, here's the good news. We can all record drums and then suit whoever sounds best. <laughs> I know, it's a I know who's, I already know who's will sound the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I've enjoyed it, fellas. Yeah, yeah it was dude. awesome. Me too, man. Awesome. Oh, let's, Thanks, uh, guys. let's see what happens. Let's try to do some uh, songs in here and just see what happens. Oh, shit. All right. Peace out. Later.
Baby to Nashville for the weekend. 